Chapter 21, Heavenly First Century Signs. In Luke 21, 25, the Hebrew Messiah was telling his disciples of the upcoming heavenly signs preceding his return. But we have to scratch our heads a little as to why none of those astounding historical heavenly signs chronicled by the great Jewish historian Josephus found their way into the New Testament canon. Josephus was probably the most credible first century historian in lieu of the fact he was not only an eyewitness, but a Jewish priest. He was born into a wealthy family and was a priest before becoming a general in the war against the Romans. In a strange twist of events after being defeated in battle by the Roman general, later Caesar Vespasian, he was made Vespasian's personal aide, putting him in a very unique position to personally witness and chronicle the events leading up to the destruction of Jerusalem. Those events beginning in 66 AD were some of the most astonishing and unbelievable in the history of mankind. They began just before the final conquest of Jerusalem, except for one in 62, which was shown last. <clears throat> Reading the details of these bizarre events, we again have to ask why they were emitted from the Bible canon. After all, those shocking signs or wonders were probably the greatest occurrences in the New Testament aside from Yeshua's miracles and the resurrection of the saints of old. As we saw in the last chapter, Yeshua privately and plainly told his disciples all the things in his apocalyptic signs discourse, including his return, would happen in their generation. He also told them in Luke 21:36, he says, Watch therefore and pray always that you, not us, you back then, may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Why on earth would he be telling them to pray to escape those things if they were going to die anyway? And then in verses 25 and 26 of Luke 21, he told them of the heavenly signs that would be seen, followed by his coming in the clouds. He says there, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Again, Josephus personally witnessed and chronicled those shocking heavenly signs in the few years before Yeshua's predicted destruction of Jerusalem, further proof that Yeshua did return in the first century. Interestingly, those signs and wonders began with the spring feast days in 66 AD. That was about four years before the destruction of Jerusalem and the Jewish nation in 70 AD. As Josephus recorded in Book 6 of the Wars of the Jews, the astonishing signs began just a few days before the Passover in 66, when all the people were gathering to observe the feasts. He wrote of a massive star resembling a sword, appeared and stayed for an entire year. That's quite interesting considering comets, uh, which it apparently was, were viewed in the ancient world as harbingers of war, which shortly came. With the comet still visible on the eighth day of Nisan, which is the first month, at 3 a.m. a bright light shone on the altar, that is, at the temple in Jerusalem, which Josephus said lit the night like day for one half hour. Talk about signs and wonders. Just as shocking in the slaughtering of the animals, mostly lambs, for the sacrifices, a cow about to be sacrificed in a temple gave birth to, well, get this, a lamb. Wow, you would think by now people would be beginning to get the message that something extraordinary was at hand. The next sign and wonder to occur during the Passover was the opening of the eastern or the Nekiner gate. 
This gate was so large and heavy it took 20 men to open and close, yet it kept opening on its own exactly at midnight for many days in a row. The amazing events didn't end there. A few weeks later, the Feast of First Fruits, 24 priests went into the temple and were all reported hearing a great noise like voices like an army saying, We are departing from this place. Considering all 24 priests reported hearing the same thing, we can be assured it was not one priest's hallucination. That said, do you suppose those voices leaving had anything to do with the opening of the Nekiner Gate? Is it possible the voices were the guardian angels of Yahweh or watchers leaving the temple before it was destroyed? The next is an extremely shocking wonder that should absolutely have been included in the New Testament canon, which was a sign that was seen on the second Passover a month later, just before sunset, on the 21st day of Iyar, where heavenly armed battalions were seen circling cities all over Judea, not on the ground, but in the skies. This heavenly sign was not seen by a few, but according to Josephus, by virtually every person in Judea. Remember, Yeshua told his disciples, when they see the armies surrounding Jerusalem, to flee to the mountains. Was this not a heavenly sign of what Yeshua told his disciples? To flee when they saw the armies surround Jerusalem? As a matter of historical fact, it was right after the fall feast that Caesar Vespasian and his, his son, General Titus, moved in to surround Jerusalem for the final siege. One of the signs already mentioned, a very interesting precursor to the others, began a few years earlier before for during the Feast of Tabernacles in 62 AD. It seems a peasant named Yeshua, interestingly enough, began to prophesy in the streets for seven years and five months, saying, A voice from the east, a voice from the west, a voice from the four winds, a voice against Jerusalem and the sanctuary, a voice against the bride, a voice against the bridegroom, a voice against all people. Even though he was reportedly arrested and flayed to the bone, according to Josephus, he never swayed from his mournful lament. Josephus tells us he finally died after prophesying his own death by a falling balustrade. How astonishing we were never taught or told about these shocking signs heralding the great tribulation or destruction of Jerusalem that announced the first century return of Yeshua. Again, just who do you suppose is behind this travesty? Could it be the church and their puppet masters? Actually, these amazing historical accounts in Jerusalem being omitted from the canon and church history confirms the post-return cover-up is someone much higher up than human.